Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in South Florida, it's time for South Florida Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of South Florida Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us Chris Mead with CrossNet. Welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, before we get too far into things, tell me about CrossNet. Uh, what's it about? How are you serving folks? Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm Chris. I'm one of the, the co-founders of CrossNet, the world's first four-way volleyball game. So it's exactly what it sounds like. It's two volleyball nets that intersect. And it's a, it's a spin on a classic game, Foursquare, which is a childhood recess game. Pretty much don't let the ball bounce in your square. So it's kind of that but elevated onto a four-way volleyball net. So one person per side trying to defend their turf and make sure to keep the ball alive. Now, uh, what was the genesis of the idea? So we were actually home one night back in uh, Connecticut, where we're all from. And I was in the middle of a full-time job, cold calling, doing sales, wasn't too happy. Uh, And my brother and our uh, high school friend were just kind of, we're all just, kind of going through the motions in life, right? Nobody was really that thrilled on their job. We were all sitting up one night. We're like, we could invent something. Uh, So we wrote down like a hundred ideas on a piece of paper and four-way volleyball was uh, one of the last things written down and uh, quickly searched Google, couldn't find a single result out there. And we're like, why not us? Now, what was the idea that was competing with four-way volleyball? (laughs) Uh, Nothing too memorable, to be honest. It was like a... uh, a wall charger speaker. So it's like a speaker that's permanently plugged into an outlet. I don't know. Pretty stupid, actually. Uh, thank God we chose CrossNet. So now, okay, so you have the idea, CrossNet. So now you start going, okay, these are the rules or like how did it yeah, kind of grow so out of that? We were up all night, right? Like brainstorming ideas. And we woke up the next morning and we couldn't wait to like drive over to our Walmart. Uh, so we're small farm town kids. Walmart's about 40 minutes away. We got two badminton nets, rigged them up on the side of my house, like my mom's garage, and like had the net propped up. We invited all our friends over, and we just made up rules on the spot. It was whoever serves the ball across can get a point if they stay alive. Uh, we had all our friends over, and the thing we looked down, nobody looked at their phone for hours. We were all just genuinely having a great time. We were building a sport, making something new, and then we're like, if we would do this for three, four hours and not check our phone or worry about the laptop or the email, wouldn't every other kid in America want to do this? So we're off to the races after that. We knew we had a a really cool idea, a good product. And the next thing was, how do we find somebody to manufacture this overseas? So you were going right to manufacturing. Like you, you believe that this was a winner. So you're going, okay, we're just going to go boldly forward and manufacture. You didn't do a, like kind of just run Google ads to see if anybody would buy it. You just went boldly. (laughs) We didn't have anything to sell. So we had a a mock, we had two badminton nets. We cut out the center, we rigged it up and that was our proof of concept. Everyone had a great time with it. We took it to the beach once we took it to the lake for a party and people loved it. So from there, I was like, all right, we got to build this thing. So we, we pulled all the cash we had in our bank account. I remember I pulled my 401k and my, uh, my Roth, and I just liquidated it all. And we had about a pool of $20,000. And it was all the money we had to our name. And we went to a, a supplier overseas, and we said, hey, we got like 10 grand for inventory, 10 grand for marketing. Will you take our money and, and make us 100? And she did. And now we're the biggest company in their entire factory. 
<laughs> That's an amazing story. Um, now, so were your friends just kind of uh, in line to to put their money in this, or did you have like just a few of you said, "Okay, I'm," you know, there's a lot of people that talk a good game, and, yeah. but it's when you have to write a check that's what separates, you know, kind of the the aspirational from the real entrepreneurs. Absolutely, yeah. So it's my brother Greg. Uh, and our childhood friend, Mike, those are the three co-founders. So we all pooled our money together that night. Uh, and we still retain a hundred percent of the company. So self-funded it from the first sale all the way to, uh, over $10 million in sales last year. Wow. Now, was there anybody part of that initial game that when you were just kind of brainstorming that didn't participate financially? No, (laughs) that would be a pretty big regret if they did. Uh, but no, thankfully there wasn't, we had friends support us since day one, like playing in games. Uh, we have one friend, Kevin, who's my best friend, actually childhood best friend who was running our warehouse for a time. And now he like leads our operations team. So we definitely do still have a few hometown people like involved. Uh, but from an equity standpoint, it's just still the three original founders. So now when you have the idea and you kind of go all in and you invest your uh, resources into the venture, how quickly before you were starting to get traction where you're like, Hey, this thing's real. This is going to take off. Took a while, man. Like I always say, like, we're still selling the same product we were in 2018. It just took three or four years that people actually care. So, um, it took a good 18 months before we ever gave ourselves a paycheck. Uh, but what I like to think about what happened, so here's a, a funny anecdote. So when we moved to Florida from Connecticut, I'll always remember these girls, they came up and played and they bought, uh, they bought the product off of us that day. They bought it for like a hundred dollars and they brought it to Long Island where they're from. They're on vacation in Miami. And every weekend we would just start getting sales from Long Island. And it was so weird because there wasn't many cross nets out in the world. And we're like, okay, those girls must be out playing today and doing our marketing for us. So over time, a hundred nets are out in the world, 500 nets are out in the world. And now there's a hundred thousand nets out in the world. So now we're getting these organic sales from people who are pretty much doing our street marketing for us. So it kind of snowballed. As more nets gotten into the world, the company kept growing. And that's why we keep having the success because more and more people are playing every day. Now, did you create some sort of ambassador or loyalty program? Yeah, we, we do. We have an ambassador program where we offer money, uh, offer people money to kind of help drive sales. We also give them discounts. I'd be lying if I told you that it's fully fully built out. We're still a very small startup. So uh, definitely on the roadmap to make it larger. What we have done instead is we've, we have about 15 cross net athletes, as we call them, they're AVP and US Olympians. And they rep cross net, they go out and play, they create content, they spread the sport. And those are our big ambassadors, and they're on our payroll. Uh, but that's really helped kind of legitimize the game. So now, how, how did you kind of come up with that influencer-led uh, marketing approach? Uh, for us, it was, hey, I create content. I shoot a video of me playing CrossNet, and I look terrible. Like, me and you could play, right? We're not volleyball. I don't know. Actually, you might be a great volleyball player. I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, so we figured, who better to make CrossNet content than the best Olympians in the world? So we shot him messages on Instagram. We sent him over a free net. We come to terms on pricing. Maybe it's a couple hundred bucks a month. Maybe it's a thousand. And then in return, they send us amazing content that we can then go run paid advertisement on and attract new customers. 
And then, um, so they get compensated as you just give them kind of a stipend every month. Uh, you just negotiate that athlete by athlete. Exactly. Yeah. And, and those are typically done on a, a three month basis, six month or annual, depending on the athlete. And then, uh, that has led to an agreement, I guess now with the AVP. Yeah. So we just came out with an agreement with AVPA, which is a smaller division of AVP, which actually works well for us because the, the more serious volleyball players, they're always just playing volleyball, volleyball. They don't have much time in their, their training to incorporate a new tool. So kind of those players who are on the cusp of being pro play volleyball for fun. Those are kind of our great target demo. And then we also just signed a deal with USA volleyball. So we're now the official four-way volleyball game of USA volleyball, which is huge. So now um, is part of your growth plan, uh, is there going to be a cross pickleball game and, uh, you know, you can take all the other net sports and make them cross sports? Yep. Stay tuned. Look on Amazon, look on our website very shortly, Uh, but it's certainly coming. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to get a hold of uh, CrossNet, uh, where do they go? Yeah, CrossNetGame.com is the best site, or you can find us on Amazon. Just search CrossNet. Now, any advice before we wrap for that entrepreneur that is maybe dissatisfied with their current situation and wants to take the plunge into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I, my suggestion always is just get started. You could sit there and plan and, and make all these big plans and try to save up as much money as possible. But if you have, never actually take the leap, nothing will ever happen. Uh, I'm just a small farm town kid, right? Like there's no... There's no recipe for success. It's just you got to try and keep trying and keep going and don't give up. Look for the small wins every day and that will keep you motivated. Now, did you ever do a venture that prior to this that didn't work out? Yeah, I did. Actually, I certainly did. And that didn't stop you from keep trying. No, it actually made me go harder on this one because I left my previous company and then they became successful without me. Uh, And that sucked. (laughs) That really hurt me. Cause I went back to my full-time job and I was like, man, had I just waited a few more months or just kept going, uh, I wouldn't have struck out. So this one made me be super passionate and that's why it took 18 months to pay herself, but now I couldn't be happier. Good stuff. Well, Chris, thank you for sharing your story today. It's a great story and, um, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was Chris Mead and it's CrossNet's The Game and you go to crossnetgame.com to learn more and get your hands on one. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on South Florida Business Radio. (laughs) 